If you enjoy Science Sparring Society or any of the other shows that AcmeScience.com produces, please consider supporting our Kickstarter campaign to take Acme Science full-time for the next year. That would be at least 70 episodes of brand new math and science content for you to enjoy, and also plenty of different reward levels that you can choose from depending on how much you pledge to support Acme Science. So please go to Kickstarter, search for Acme Science, and help support the shows. Now, on to this one. When talking about science fights, the name Guillermo Marconi is never far from the tip of the tongue. The fight over the invention of radio is a thing of legend. It includes Marconi and Tesla, two of the biggest names of turn of the 20th century scientific inventions. And it also manages to tie in Lodges, Dolbear, Loomis, among others, and a decades-long patent war. It is also not nearly the most interesting science fight that Marconi found himself embroiled in. Let's tell that story instead. I'm Samuel Hansen, and this is Science Sparring Society. Picture this. It's the year 1903. And you are sitting in a lecture hall at London's Royal Institution in order to witness a first-hand demonstration of one of the most revolutionary communication breakthroughs of the era, the wireless telegraph. A man in his early 50s, who you believe you heard answer to the name of Ambrose Fleming, is setting up the equipment. Equipment that you know was not birthed from his imagination. No, it was the work of a mind of a higher order. The work of the man who brought the world radio. It was the work of Marconi. Marconi himself was off in Cornwall. He was getting ready to send the signal that the device in front of you was to receive. It's still a couple of minutes before the demonstration is to start, and you see one of the assistant's assistants come up and whisper something in his ear. They both go over to the device and stand above it looking oddly pensive and not at all lacking in anger. They stay there until the appointed time arrives and then, lo and behold, they receive a message from Cornwall and Marconi himself. 
the wireless telegraph works, and you know it's going to change everything. The thing that you don't know is that when Fleming and his assistant, Arthur Block, were worriedly standing around the wireless telegraph, something terrible was actually happening. At first, they just thought that something was wrong with the equipment, that it was on the fritz and acting up. It was clicking and clacking, and before it was to receive any signal whatsoever. That wasn't until Block realized that the clicks and the clacks were actually Morse code. And that code spelled out rats. It continued spelling out that word until it didn't. And when it didn't, it instead changed to something more vulgar. A poem that began, There was a young fellow of Italy who diddled the public quite prettily. You never would have known that this was happening, except that Fleming was not going to take such an outrage lying down and wrote a letter to the Times where he told the truth about what happened during the demonstration, decrying such scientific hooliganism and demanding that the culprit be identified. The scientific hooligan and first electronic hacker was only too happy to out himself. It turned out to be a stage magician by the name of Neville Maskelyne. Maskelyne claimed to have committed the hack for the good of the British people, as Marconi had claimed a certain amount of security for the system. Security that Maskelyne rather clearly showed did not exist. There may have been secondary motivations too, as Marconi's rather broad patent portfolio had put to a stop certain wireless communications work of Maskelyne's, only some of which had to do with helping his magic show. Marconi did not bluster on as publicly as Fleming, allowing himself the simple response, one that would not have sounded the least bit odd from, say, a stage magician defending his tricks, of, I will not demonstrate to any man who throws doubt upon the system. A great relief to any person worrying about wireless security, surely. Even though Maskline's hack rather comprehensively showed that the security of communication that Marconi claimed did not exist, wireless telegraphy did not stop dead. It just meant that the messages themselves were going to have to be encrypted, and hackers were going to need something a bit more involved than an antenna and transmitter to compromise the system. Personally, I'm just happy that people have been doing it for the lulls for so long.